We're going to return to Matthew chapter 25 today. And um, it's uh, just a little two-part series that we started last week on, uh, are you a barrier or are you a builder? You builder or a barrier? Anybody want to answer that one? Builders. Any barriers in the house? Oh, no. Hope not. We're builders. (laughs) If you weren't here, you haven't got a clue what I'm talking about. But we're talking about the parable of the talents, which is uh, a fantastic parable in the Bible. One of my two favorites, actually. My, my favorite has got to be the sower sows the word. It's got to be. What an incredible, you know, because that just covers everything. How God works is he sows seed. But then really up alongside that or just a little bit down from that is this one from Matthew 25. And uh, we're just going to go through that again today. We're going to read the parable. It's quite a long one, but hey, this is really important that we, that we focus in on this today. So it says, for the kingdom of heaven, this is Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man who travels to a far country. He called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one, he gave five talents to another two talents, to another one talent. Can I just explain there? It doesn't mean like a gift as in dancing and singing. That was a sum of of cash back then, but you can apply it to all sorts of things. The point is here that Jesus gives us all something to work with. Yeah? Gives us something to work with. Each, he gave to each according to his own ability. And immediately the master goes on a journey. And then he who, he who had received five talents went and traded with them and made another five talents. And likewise, he who had received two gained two more also. Verse 18 begins with but. There's a lot of good buts in the Bible, but this is not a good but. But he who had received one, he went and dug it in the ground and he hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought another five talents, saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents. Look, I've gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things, enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, who had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered to me two talents. Look, I've gained two more besides those ones. And his Lord said to him, well done. Let's all say that. Well done. Well done. Good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over Many things enter into the joy of your Lord. Then he who had received one talent came and said, Lord, I know you to be a hard man. You reap where you haven't sown. You gather where you haven't scattered. I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, here you can have back what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant, You knew that I reap where I haven't sown you and I gather where I haven't scattered seed, did you? So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, at least done that. And at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one who has 10 talents. 
For to everyone who has, more will be given. Has what? Well, we'll answer that one today. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he's going to have an abundance. And from him who does not have, even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable. Unprofitable. Doesn't bring back a return. Just hands back what God gave him. Unprofitable servant into outer darkness and there will be of weeping and the gnashing of teeth. Wow. An amazing passage of Scripture. Inspires so much in me. Inspires me to want to hear the well done from God. We covered this last week. You know, lots of people want the well done, but we want to be stirred and impassioned by hearing the well done from our Heavenly Father. Amen? From the Master, from Jesus Christ. Well done, good and faithful servant. You've done something with what I gave you. But there was this other one who buried it in the ground, didn't have a good relationship with the master, obviously completely misunderstood his master, had no idea what made him tick. Got him completely wrong. So last week we covered actually seven things. I don't know, we rushed through the last three, but we covered point number one, that Jesus is the master. He is the boss. We covered point number two, Jesus is confident enough to trust us with his stuff. Point number three last week was Jesus gives us according to our ability, but then to balance that up, Jesus actually gives us our ability. Not good news. Point number five last week, which is really where we focused as well as point number one about Jesus being the boss was this. Fear is our greatest enemy. Fear will cause you to bury who you are and hide away and not step out. Put your talent in the ground. Be intimidated, insecure. You won't take opportunities. You won't walk through open doors just in case it went wrong. I was listening to... Somebody sent me, Greg sent me the excerpt of Denzel um, saying, inspiring a load of graduates yesterday. And I've, I've heard it so many times, but it's such an inspiration. And he talked about how so many people have a fear of failure. He said, never fear failure, embrace failure. Go for it, you'll learn from it. Why is failure your enemy? Well, it's because pride will want you to always think that you're going to win. But actually, you do win. If you get it wrong and if you learn from it, you come out in a better way anyway. Hello? Wow. So fear is our greatest enemy then. Number six, point number six, we will all give account. Didn't really cover that, but we're going to stand before God and hear the well done when we bring back a harvest from the seed that God has given to us. But today... I really want to go in from point number seven, which is this, Jesus rewards us generously. See, God's not a stingy God. God's an abundant God. He wants to pour out so much, more than enough. He's never the God of just enough. He's always the God of too much. He's always the God of, oh God, you didn't need to do that. 
I love to hear those words said to me or to Citygate Church. You know what? You didn't need to do that. You only needed to do that. Yeah, but we're not an only just enough church. And we don't serve an only just enough God. We, we serve the God of too much. More than enough. Amen? But that really inspires me to think about, well, how, how did he give more than enough? Why did he give more than enough? Why did he take five and give five more and even take two and then give two more and take the one, the guy who put it in the ground, but the ones who, who returned, they heard the well done and God said, you've been faithful over just a little bit. I'm going to make you ruler over much so they didn't end up with just the ten or with the four, God then loaded them up. And isn't it interesting that he didn't say, you've been faithful with little, now you're going to be faithful with much. He didn't say that. He said, you can have authority over much. See, faithfulness produces a reward of authority and of responsibility and of growth. That could be in any area of our lives. I, I absolutely believe that a church that is faithful with the salvation of a few people can become a world-changing church. If we're faithful with the ones and the twos, then God can trust us with a generation. If we're faithful with a little bit, he didn't say, well, now I'm going to prove you again. You're going to be faithful over a bit more. No, he says, if you've proved that faithfulness is in you, then I can give you authority in your world, in your experience. And the reward, I believe, I know we just said that it's to be made, you know, be given authority over a lot, but the reward is really this, and it's what I'm calling today's message is this, next level living. Next level living. I want to live on the next level. That's where I want to live. I don't want to stay where I am. I read something else just the other day and it said, don't fear failure. Don't fear change. You need to fear staying the same. Now, I don't advocate fear in any area of life, but the point was this. God wants us to embrace next level living. He wants us to embrace going further, going higher, authority over more. He wants us to embrace these sorts of mindsets, not from a competitive place. The world is driven by competition, by, well, they've got it, I want it. That's not fair. Great parable in the Bible about that, about salary. One of the biggest heartaches that people can get into is salary comparison. Because people get into self-worth from what they're paid. Oh, come on, guys. Well, are they worth more than me because of that? Now, hang on a minute. You agreed for a denarii today. You were happy with that till you found out somebody else got the same thing for doing half the time of work 
all of a sudden you've lost your self-worth. Our self-worth is never dependent on what we're paid. Our self-worth is always dependent on who we are in God. Amen. That can set people free right there. A lot of people trapped by comparison. But I want to live in next level living. I don't just want to live in the two talents. I want to, I want to live in the five talents. Then I want to live in the 20 talents. And then I want to live in the 50 talents. I want to increase because there's something about increase that is the very heart and nature of God. God's not a stagnant God. We were talking the other day, Sharon and I, just about the universe. And Stephen was in on the first half of the conversation. Then we sort of carried it on afterwards about, you know, wow. Just wow, the universe and planets and stars and whatever else. And, you know, scientists say, and I know they're not always right. <laughs> in fact, they're very wrong on a lot of things. Can I just make this? God created the heavens and the earth. Just, there you go. God created it. And I love science. I love to think about these things and planets and just stars. And if you've ever seen the galaxies and our sun compared to the next one, compared to the next one. And, the, the, you know, we're one little galaxy, one little, one little solar system rather in the Milky Way. Do you know how big that thing is? It's just massive. And of course, it all came from a big bang. Well, if that's the truth... What exploded? If anybody says it came from a big bang, say, well, what exploded? <laughs> Tell you what exploded. The faith of God exploded. Boom! As he created all things. But the Bible, sorry, the scientists, I need to get my quotes right here. Scientists say the universe is still expanding, still getting bigger. This thing's growing. God's a God who always looks at expansion. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch out the curtains of your habitation. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the left and to the right. You shall expand. God is a God of expansion and growth. And today I want to call that next level living. Where are we expanding into? Where are you growing into? Are you thinking greater thoughts today than you were last year? Are you doing not more, but are you being more effective today than you were in the last season of your life? See, two things really, really important for next level living, and that's faithfulness and fruitfulness. Faithfulness and fruitfulness. I love these guys, the two and the five talents. They obeyed. They immediately went out. They immediately went out. They didn't sit on it for 364 days and then think, wow, the master's coming back tomorrow. If it was a year, it didn't tell us how long it was. But it's not that they sort of were just lazy and just hang about, hung about until, until oh, he's coming back. <laughs> we, better, we better do something here. No, they immediately, on the first day, they went out and started to make a profit. I love that mindset. Faithfulness. Why? Because it wasn't their stuff. It was the master's stuff. 
And faithfulness produces fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is not just turning up. Faithfulness is not just turning up. It's producing. Is this all right this morning? Okay. I don't want to do a business seminar here today. That's not where I want to really go, but you can apply this to so many things. You know what? God is not impressed with our numbers. Because he could create whatever just like that. What he's impressed with is attitude. It's vision, it's drive, it's that passion, it's that love for God, it's that, you know, desire to, to produce with what God has given us. There was one man in the Bible where it says Jesus was amazed at his faith. Amazed. There was other people, he was amazed at their unbelief. <laughs> But there was one guy, a centurion, a Roman, an oppressor who had a need, had a sick, sick servant at home and he came out and Jesus went, wow. He was amazed. I want to amaze God. And you want to amaze God? He doesn't, ama- he doesn't get amazed because of things that he's given us or things that he could easily do. No, what amazes him is our faith and our trust and our desire to stand or desire to enlarge and do everything we can to do that. He was impressed with the fact that they took the opportunity and they went from two to four and five to ten. So let's get into this today. It, it says that he gave each according to his own ability. Ability, let's think about that. Let's, let's think about skill. Now, we've already covered last week, only for about 30 seconds, but Jesus gives us our ability. You know, I don't want to be a self-made man. I want to be a God-made man. The Bible is really clear. Anything we build with wood, hay, and straw isn't going to last. But anything that we build with gold and silver and precious stones is going to last anything. Go through any fire, go through any trial, stand any shaking. Gold, silver, and precious stones. It's the house built on the rock. It's all all these analogies that we can use in the Bible. But He gives us our ability. If you're good with numbers, it's because God has given you the ability to be good with numbers. Ah, but I went to school and I learned and I studied. Yeah, great. You made two talents, four talents, but he gave you the two talents at the start. He put numbers on the inside of you. Perhaps you're really good with words. Perhaps you're really good with people. Perhaps you're really good with children. Perhaps you're really good at problem solving. Perhaps you're really good with finance. Perhaps you're really good with relationships. Perhaps you're really good with prayer. Oh, but everybody should pray. Yeah, but we've all got a part to play. And some people, that's their specific thing, would be prayer. See, God's not impressed with what he gave you. He's impressed with what you return. 
<laughs> yeah. And that's sort of where we're going today. So he gave each according to their ability, their skill, their specific attribute. Let's just throw some ability to handle more. Ability to handle more, ability to be faithful, ability to be focused. Ability to take opportunities. Now, I did have the word risk in there. But risk to so many people is a negative. Oh, risk. It's a risk. Dear God, life is a risk. Getting out of bed in the morning is a risk. Depends how you see risk. Elton made a brilliant point in our staff meeting the other day. I was talking about you know, capacity, which is where we're going today and stuff. And, and I was talking about risks. And you can hear, you know, you, you, it's like a lead balloon when you say, oh, come on, risk. People go, oh. And Elton said, perhaps change the word. <laughs> Use the word opportunity. Oh. <laughs> opportunity. I like risk. I think there's something gritty about it. I think there's something, come on, God. You said it. I'm standing on it. We're going for it. Now, there's no f- risk in faith. But there's a risky element to stepping out of a boat. Yeah? Okay. Ability to embrace change, ability to make good decisions. Have you ever met people and every decision they make just seems to be just, I don't know where they got it from. It's like, what, you've done it again? You you did that last time. You made, didn't you learn from that? You've made the same dumb decision again. Hello? Ability to make decisions. Can I say all of these abilities can be increased, can grow, can be strengthened. So ability, I've got a little equation here. Ability plus resource plus stewardship equals capacity. Today I want to talk about capacity. Capacity. See, if all we have is ability then we're never going to reproduce anything. Never going to do it. We got the ability. So many people got the ability to have an incredible business, but never start one. They got the ability to do it. The skill, the ability. So many people really good with people, but never influence anybody. What's wrong? Well, they haven't got the other two, or perhaps one of the other. What's the next one? Resource is what you need to do what you're good at. And then stewardship, well, is really what we talked about last week, which was, it's the Lord's money. It's the Lord's gift. It's what He's given me. And I've got to do this for Him. Let me give some other words in there. Skill is your ability, your resources, your money. What else is a good resource? Time. You know what the biggest lie is? I just don't have the time. That is a lie. 
If you believe it, you're really foolish because you make time for what is important to you. If I was to say, tomorrow at 10 o'clock, meet me here, you go, I'm sorry, I haven't got time. If I, if I carried on, meet me here tomorrow at 10 o'clock, I'm going to give you 100,000 pounds. I don't care who you are, you would make time. Time is not the issue, never is. It's always mentality, always. But what about the kids? I've got kids. There's a way. There's a way. Oh, I haven't got time for, for church, Pastor Jay. No, it's just you just don't value it. I haven't got time for my marriage, Pastor Jay. Well, yeah, no, it's just you just don't value it. Not at all, but as much as what you're doing with the other bits of the, your time. I know this is tough. I know this is a strong, it's, it's all right. Yeah, okay. It's all right. Okay. My front row encouragers. I need front row encouragers. See, capacity is ability and resource. And then stewardship. Can we talk about purpose? Why we do what we do? You see, if we're stuck in this thing of ability and resource, but we're doing it all for ourselves. Me, 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 me. Then God's hand is not going to be on it. Quite simply. He is not going to build your kingdom. He is not going to build your, your thing. He's going to build his thing. We want to get on his program. It's for a cause. You know, David said, is there not a cause? You could say, you know, for everything that goes on in God, ability, well, you know, David killed a lion, killed a bear. He certainly had the ability because he'd grown it. The resource, well, he got his five stones and he got his sling. So he had what he needed. And stewardship, he wasn't doing it just because he wanted to show off. He was doing it because there was this Goliath who was screaming obscenities and whatever else at the children of God and against God himself. And he said, is there not a cause? So he had a good free there. So that meant he had the capacity to kill the giant. Are you with me? We can all increase our, our capacity. But today I want to say this. We must all increase our capacity. We must. We can all do it. But we must. Increased capacity is not just about doing more. It's about achieving more. It's about producing more. Handling more. Producing more fruit. It's about not just returning the two talents, but returning the four. Not just the five, but the ten. All sorts of capacities that I believe God wants us to increase with. And we're going to go through how we're going to do it today. Capacity for faith and boldness. That's a capacity to increase. Capacity for grace. Capacity for change. 
You know, these are things that we'd say, oh, that person's got a real capacity for change. Or they got no capacity for change. They got just no, no enlargement in their life for these things. Capacity for growth. What about this one? Capacity for empowering other people. Been really impressed with some of the things going on in the church right now. And Sharon and I were talking about this with somebody who's sort of just come on staff, they're on team, and they're, and they're just really putting into the lives of the young people in a, a certain area of the church. And it's like, I'm just not doing the job. I'm, I'm, I'm enlarging the world that I'm sort of helping to run here. And I'm, you know, th- their capacity is just huge. To train and to input. Capacity for empowering other people. How about capacity for people? Capacity for people. You know what? I get peopled out sometimes. (laughs) Anybody else know what I'm talking about? Just get peopled out. Phone call and phone call and email and email and text and message and call and da 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 da. I would hate to be a celebrity in the public eye. Can you just imagine it? You just go. You just go down the road and you just say, I'll have a latte, please. And you look around and there's a queue of people wanting your autograph. I mean, that's fun for a day. I get peopled out sometimes. Can I be that transparent? I get peopled out. And, you know, I sometimes just feel like, just leave me alone. (laughs) But then you think, no, actually, then you see the life of Jesus Christ. He had an incredible capacity for people. Absolutely amazing. He had a capacity. We've all got to grow our capacity. Capacity for change. Capacity for faith. Capacity for standing strong. Capacity for being unshakable. Capacity for enduring pressure. Capacity, what about this one, for receiving correction. Some people... They just, man, I was having a chat with somebody the other day and I had to say something. I had to bring a correction. Bam, he came straight back at me. Yeah, but. I thought, oh, here we go. Justify, 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 justify. I said, it's fine, whatever, whatever. So I carried on the conversation on a different thing. He said, I just want to return back to that. And I thought, here we go. You're not going to let this go now, are you? And it's like, these people will never grow. Because if you can't, receive correction then you'll keep doing what you've always done come on is this all right it's just capacity each according to their ability he gave each according to their ability but we need more than just ability which is why you had the two the five and the one so he gives the two the five and the one But then there's our stewardship, what we do with what God's given us. You see, vision and prophetic stuff speak into our future. I don't know if you've ever had a prophetic word over your life. I can think back to a handful of incredibly powerful ones. You know, perhaps you can think of a prophetic word like that. Perhaps you can't. Perhaps it's just things that God has spoken into your future. We got a book full of our future. 
We got a book full of anything you put your hand to will prosper. We got a book full of, come on, lift up your eyes above the darkness and see what God's doing. We got a book full of where God wants to take us. We got a book full of it. The promises of God. And when we spend time properly in prayer, we hear from God. And God, I can remember, I can remember when I was I was praying in my bedroom and I was thinking about the woman with the issue of blood and I was praying, oh Lord, you know, I want to touch the hem of your garment and praying, praying, praying. And God just seemed to say, he didn't say this, but it's as if he said, shut up. (laughs) And he said, you're the one wearing the garment now. I was like, whoa, changed my life forever. We're no longer going and grabbing the hem of Jesus' garment. We're the one wearing the garment. See, Jesus will speak into your future. He will speak into your ability. He will speak into where you're going. But then you know what we hit? We hit ceilings. Jesus speaks up here. Whether it's the business, whether it's the relationship, Perhaps your marriage is going through hell and back right now. And, he's, and you know you got a word from God and God's speaking into a time when it's going to be good. And God wants to bring wholeness and bring forgiveness and bring deliverance or bring freedom. Perhaps it's your kids right now. And it's like, you, you know, you're hitting this ceiling of these kids. And God's saying... Train up a child in the way they should go. When they're older, they won't depart from it. And God's speaking up here. But you keep hitting this thing here. You keep hitting the ceiling. Perhaps it's, it's the business growth. And you think, you know what? i got a business and I really believe that God is speaking to me for it to be the next level business. And perhaps that means taking on more staff. Perhaps that means getting more buildings. Perhaps that means getting more cars or vehicles or whatever you need to do your business. Perhaps it's going into another nation and getting you know, other open doors there for more buying and selling. I don't know what it is. The next level, perhaps it's opening another shop. Hello? And you go into the net, and it's as if God is speaking up there, but you keep hitting this ceiling. Perhaps it's a turnover thing. Perhaps it's a capacity thing that when you get more than two staff, you get stressed out. What about financial breakthroughs? I can remember when my faith was set. And I had certain faith marks for where the church would be financially. And that was probably 10 years ago. And then we hit it. Then we achieved it. Well, if that was the last time I set my faith, come on, it's a ceiling. See, God speaks into your future. God speaks into where you're going. But you hit a ceiling. Perhaps it's an emotional ceiling. Perhaps it's a pressure ceiling. Perhaps it's a time ceiling. Perhaps it's a faith ceiling. Perhaps it's an enduring the pressure of the situation ceiling. Are you with me today? Okay. Next level living is not about destroying your ceilings. You'll always have ceilings. You'll always have things that want to squash you down, keep you down, mindsets, mentalities. It's about raising your ceiling. Raising your ceiling. You never do away with a ceiling. You'll never be 
Oh, I'm just limitless. No, you'll never be limitless. You'll work according to your limits. But you need to move your ceiling up. I hope you're getting something out of this today. Is it an emotional ceiling? It's time to raise it. Is it a stress ceiling? I'm out of time. I've not even started on my points. Literally, I've not got to point number one yet. (laughs) What are your ceilings? What's your ceiling? You know, one ceiling that I hear a lot is it's always somebody else's fault. I'm smiling as I say it. I smiled after I said it. It's the victim mentality. What a horrible ceiling. Horrible thing. I can't because of what they said to me or what they did to me or where I was born or my education. It's always somebody else's, something else. It's always a thing. No, I think something that we really need to take hold of today as we close is I can do something about my ceiling. If it's always somebody else, then you're, you're powerless. You can't do anything about it. Why? Because I'll always be this ignorant. Or I'll always be this age and getting older. Hello? Victim. You know, I, if you hang around me more than a few minutes, this is, one, this is probably my biggest pet hate. I absolutely abhor victim mentality. Yeah, but I can't grow a church here because, oh, come. Well, if I'm sure if the Lord Jesus turned up, he could grow one. Well, if he can, then you can. Victim mentality. But I didn't have the opportunity that that person did it. There are some great things out there on the internet of people who have achieved against all the odds. Against the odds. Any one of them could have said, yeah, but. Yeah, but. If we're going to live on the next level, we've got to get rid of the victim mentality big time. We've got to get rid of, I can't, they, they stopped me and this didn't work. And victim is what this generation is all about. Victim, victim, victim but we are not victims we are victors in Jesus we are more than conquerors we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us what is the ceiling that you are hitting God wants us to live our life not above our ceiling but move the ceiling Next week, I'm going to conclude, get onto my points from this week. Because <laughs> I haven't touched them, not one of them. But perhaps over the next seven days, God wants us to identify what's my ceiling. What is it? If you squeeze me, what comes out? What's my ceiling? The ceiling is never something else. The, the ceiling is always something in me. If it's finances, it's not a lack of finances. It's not a lack of finances. 
That's not a ceiling. It's a lack of something in me which means I don't get the finances. Hello? Oh man, was that a lead balloon moment? I don't know. Let's all stand to our feet, shall we, today? Hope you got something out of that. Ceilings. Ceilings, ceilings, ceilings. We've had a bit of a day today, haven't we? Lord, fill me and we need your spirit, Lord. Come on, let's lift our hands to Jesus today, shall we? Thank you, Lord, that you are an infinite God for whom all things are possible and nothing is impossible with you. But Lord, you have said to us, all things are possible to he who believes. So Father, today we want to embrace something new. Lord, whatever ceiling it is, whether we think it's time, whether we think it's relationship, whether we think it's opportunity, whether we think it's education, whatever we think the ceiling is, Lord, those are all glass ceilings. The real ceiling is something in us. And Father, today we ask, Lord, that as we carry on this incredible journey of transformation, Lord, that we would hear your voice. Lord, we're just so thankful that you don't point fingers. Lord, but you reveal opportunities. And Father, even how we see this, perhaps the ceiling is something, somebody feeling bad about themselves. I always get it wrong. I never break through. I, I, I. Lord, that's only pride anyway. But Father, we pray that, Lord, whatever ceiling it is that's in our lives for us, that's trying to stop us going to the next level at this time for next level life, living. Lord, that you make it clear. And Father, thank you that every time you reveal a ceiling, you also inject faith and vision for us to raise it. Never to restrict, but always for opportunity. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Just right now, while we every eye closed and every head bowed, we're gonna we're gonna give people the opportunity right now to give their life to Christ. The greatest opportunity that there ever, ever, ever is. Perhaps your ceiling on this one is, well, I won't believe it till I see it. Perhaps the opportunity or the or the ceiling is, ah, oh, but I was hurt in another church. Perhaps the ceiling is. Well, it could be one of many gods. Perhaps the ceiling is religion causes all the problems in the world today. Whatever it is that has stopped you or prevented you from receiving Jesus Christ as Lord today, come on, let's lift that ceiling. Right now, please, with every eye closed and every head bowed, this is a very private moment. And I know in the Bible it was always very public, but just we just want to honour people's privacy here today. If you're here today and you want to say yes to Jesus Christ, give Him your life, invite Him in, return back to Him, be the prodigal son coming back or saying yes to Jesus for the first time or saying, God, I just don't know if you're there and make yourself real to me. However you want to respond 
right now to receive Jesus as your Lord and Saviour, I'm going to ask you to do some, just something really easily, and that is to lift your hand in this auditorium right now, please. Wonderful. God bless you. God bless you. Wonderful. Is there anybody else here today? Once I've seen your hand, you can put it down. That's great. Wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Come on, people responding over here. God bless you. God, God bless you. I'm seeing a number of hands responding. That's just wonderful. I, when I gave my life to Christ, it was life-changing. The Bible says you were born again. It's a brand new star. Come on, is there anybody else? Last, last, op- last call here today. Is there anybody else? We're all going to pray a prayer right now. And it's a prayer we pray every Sunday. But hey, whether you prayed it a thousand times or this is the first time from your heart, let's all pray this. Heavenly Father, thank You that You love me, that You sent Your Son Jesus to die on a cross to give me life. Thank You, Jesus. I receive You today as my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. By the help of Your grace and Your power, I will never be the same again. I receive eternal life in Jesus' Name. Come on, let's celebrate today, shall we?